tons of preachers and Bible believers that got this subject nailed down. But uh, we want to nail it down for you today. Give you some more things. Eternal security. I'm eternally secure, once saved, always saved. Amen. Amen. I like what Carl Lackey said, eternal security only works for them that are saved. <laughs> amen. You gotta be born again. If you're born in the, if you're born of the Spirit, Amen, you have eternal life. We covered that last time. First John 5 20, Jesus Christ is eternal life and the true God. People that can't handle it. I told my Uncle Dwayne, I said, Dwayne, I said, the bottom line, the reason why you're struggling with this is you don't understand what eternal life is. Once you understand what eternal life is, you'll understand it's forever. Eternal life is a person. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Listen, salvation's in a person, not in a process. The whole religious crowd out there, all things, eternal life is a process. I dealt with you not too long ago, a few months back, showed you how the new Bibles changed. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 18, I believe it was, talks about uh, being saved versus, uh, let me go back and quote that again for you, how they pervert it and they twist it. Amen. says uh, 118 for preaching of the cross uh, is then to perish foolishness but on us which are saved it is the power of God and all new Bibles change it unto us who are being saved they all change it to a process I am saved right now and let me give you a little clue about that word saved it has an ed at the end of it you know what ed is at the end of a, ver a word it's a past tense I mean, saved. It means it's done. It's completed. Amen. It's not a process. Let me give you an Old Testament verse on eternal security. All right. When I say this, this one really helped me. It gave me gave me victory. It says in verse fourteen, "I know that whatsoever what God what doeth, it shall be." Did God save you? The salvation of the Lord. I thought that's what Jonah said. Jonah 3, or 2, 10. Ecclesiastes 3, 14. He said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Amen. That, that's pretty good. If God saved you, it's forever. If you're trying to save yourself, <laughs> yeah, it's forever in hell. you got to give up trying to save yourself. Salvation is not a process. Amen. Salvation is a work of God. It's a miracle. It's a new birth. It's a transaction that takes place between you and God. And when a sinner comes to Jesus Christ, he is purchased of God. And that payment is complete. I owe God no debt for my salvation. Amen. I don't have to do an ounce, amen, of work. I don't have to pay a penny of time or attention to salvation. If you have a process, you're on probation, and you're not pardoned. A pardon was something that was offered to me and I received, and that means I've been paid complete, full. It's been paid in full. I've been pardoned. God will never hold me chargeable or accountable for my sin because he held Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid the penalty. It's done. 
Every sin I've ever committed will come in. Amen. Amen. It's complete. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Forever. Watch this. Nothing can be put to it. Nor anything taken from it. <laughs> God doeth it that men should fear before him. The new birth is a genuine transaction of God. The Holy Spirit of God comes in upon a man's repentance and belief. Not like a Calvinist. A Calvinist believes God regenerates a man against his will. That guy's crippled too high for crutches. And ultimately, that Calvinist don't even believe, amen, that he's eternally secure. He don't know that he's one of the elect until he dies and finds out he made it on the other side. That whole belief system's based on doubt, not, not faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He's going to find out he was a non-elect when it's all over with because he was waiting for God to do something that he needed to do himself. Yeah. God convicts a man. And then, amen. Hello. Yeah. And if a man will realize what he is, listen to the preaching, God arrests his attention, gets his attention. And a man hears the word of God and the spirit of God pricks his heart, shows him he's guilty of transgressing God's law, God's commands. He's a violator. Amen. He violated God's laws and commands. And now that he's a violator, he's guilty. And he, upon that guilt, will come to God humbly and say, God, I'm sorry. I've transgressed your laws and I've done wrong. And I'm, I'm sorry for that. God said, I, I like that. That's good. That's a good place. He said, now will you take my son to pay for it? Because there ain't nothing you can do. Because a sinner come to God. God, what do I got to do to get this thing right? And he said, there ain't nothing you can do, but if you'll, you'll just take my son, well, everything will be all right. And a sinner takes that payment and trusts him. And upon that reception of that payment, he is declared righteous, he's declared holy, he's de de declared free, and Jesus Christ paid it, and that sinner can go free. <laughs> Praise God. Hello? Amen. Right? Man, that, that's good stuff. Yeah. I know God did. God saved. Amen. He, I heard the preacher, the man he sent. Amen. Out of the book that God wrote. Amen. Somebody said, God didn't write no book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. God, God did it. You guys ready? You ready for some good truth today? Say, so, yeah, preacher, I'm ready. Let's go to... Let's go find a good verse. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to help you. I want to help you today realize that salvation is an eternal gift. You say, well, what if I sin after I'm saved? It's already covered. It's already paid for. It's included in the deal. God already knew you couldn't keep it. God already knew you couldn't live it. God knew you need a deliverer and a redeemer and a savior. You know what he did? He provided it. He said, I'll take care of it. Amen. Ephesians 1 verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first what? Trusted in Christ in whom you also trusted when? After you heard the word of the truth. Of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Whom? Also, after that, you believed you were what? Sealed. Sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. 
which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession on the praise of his glory. You're the you're to purchase possession. He purchased you. He paid for you. And then at the point of you receiving Jesus Christ and obeying the gospel, he sealed you. <laughs> you ever think about that being sealed? What about a Ohio uh, auto title? And you go to a notary. What do they do to that title? They put a seal. They impress. They impregnate. Amen. A seal. They press it into there. You've got to destroy the document if you want to turn around and you want to, uh, to unseal that document. Well, I've been sealed. And I got the seal of God. The Bible says over there uh, in Revelation that those 144,000 men, they got the seal of God where? In their forehead. Amen. God sealed me some way, somehow, that it's invisible to the sight, but he knows those are his. Amen. He knows everyone to name it the name of Christ. He knows me. It's more important that he knows than that I know. Hey. <laughs> Amen. It's a whole lot more important that God knows you're his and you're saved than you know you're his and saved. You understand? I'd rather live in doubt all my life and knowing that he saved me. Amen. And knows that, that he saved me. <laughs> that for me to think I'm saved and find out he never knew me. Like he said in Matthew 7 over there, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. All these religious people doing things in Jesus' name. And he said, I never knew you. You never were one of my children. Well, that's a pretty scary thought, ain't it? Yeah. That's a religious crowd trying to attempt to merit heaven by trying to keep all the commandments, rules, and regulations and to go die and go to hell because they never were personally born of the Spirit of God, placed in the body of Christ, and never was one of his children. Amen. But they went around pretending they were one of his children. Yeah. Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are what? Sealed. What's the next word? Unto. Right? Unto what? The day of redemption. You know what that day is? That's the day your faith becomes signed. That's the day the rapture takes place. That's the day where you, we talked about Wednesday night, about the redemption of your body. Your body's been paid for. Your body's been bought. But you don't have a new glorified body until the day Jesus Christ calls his children home. That's not in death. That is in the rapture. The first resurrection. The first part for the church. The harvest. Amen. People want to sit back and say, there ain't no rapture. I'm telling you, there's a day of redemption. Yeah. And that's the day... When he calls us up and said, come on home, come up hither, like Revelation 4.1. People sit back and tell us there ain't no rapture. We're going through the tribulation. Tribulation is now going on. These guys are nuttier than a pecan pie. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, there's a, there's a day of redemption coming where he's going to call home his purchased possession. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. And everybody that's saved, born again, that makes up that body, he will call home one day. And when he calls them home, I am sealed until that day. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6. This, this is a victorious verse. A lot of preachers that preach on the first two verses I just gave you there in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 4, they don't ever see this. They don't ever say this. 
this is something that God showed me about this subject because I thought I lost my salvation and I studied and I found out what eternal security is all about. Amen. Thinking that I lost it and I can never get it back because I listened to a bunch of people instead of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. Amen. The truth will make you free. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to continue in the book. You got to get in the book. And I'm telling you what God says, not what I say. It's not my opinion. If I take man's opinion, I tell you you can lose your salvation because that's man's opinion. God's opinion is he sailed you. He bought you. I mean, Earl Hughes said it like this. He knows it. Why? Because he paid the price. <laughs> he knows what it took to pay to buy you. And he knows that there's nobody else can purchase you. He bought you. You can't purchase and pay for your own salvation. That means that would be a debt. It wouldn't be a free gift. Right. God's not a debtor to any man. John 6 verse 27 watch this labor not for the meat which what perisheth but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life which the son of man shall give unto you for him hath God the father what who sealed the son the son is what <clears throat> He is sealed. Okay, where are you at if you were saved? You're in the sun. So if I'm in the sun and I'm in Christ, he's sealed. You know, you know what you got to do to destroy, to destroy my salvation and get me lost? You got to destroy the seal. How are you going to destroy the seal? The Jesus Christ is, is sealed. And I'm in him. And guess what? <laughs> you think the devil can defeat him? He defeated the devil last time I remember. Yeah. You think the devil's more powerful than Jesus Christ? The devil thinks he is. But I'm in Christ. And if I'm in Christ by faith, how can I get out? That's a good one to ask the Calvinist. How'd you get out of Adam? How'd you get out of Christ to get into Adam and then get back into Christ? They're nutty in a fruit uh, uh, pecan pie. Amen. Let's go to let's go to uh said somewhere where is I going to hold Colossians Colossians chapter 3 I was preaching on eternal security here years ago at a young boy at that time he's 10 years old he's probably around 19 or 20 now his name's James got born again went running home told his daddy through the doors open through told his daddy I, I've been saved screaming in the house his daddy made sure he didn't come back Amen. Thought he ruined his son and got saved. <laughs> and that a blessing. Here, son, you go to that church, it'll ruin you. You go over here, it's public school, they'll teach you all the corruption and sin of the world. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. Verse 3. For you are dead, and your life is what? Hid. Where? With Christ, where? In God. In God. You know what? James said that day, he said, that's the greatest security system <laughs> ever known to mankind. What is that? That I got placed into Christ and I'm sealed in Christ. And then Christ is hid in God. You mean to tell me that you or the devil or your preacher or any sin you can commit can get in there and defile God? On top of defiling Christ? Be able to get to you. The devil's got to go through God Almighty 
Then he's got to go through Jesus Christ to be able to get to you. You talk about a security system, brother. You talk about being safe and secure. Amen. The devil can't get to me. Sin cannot molest me. Sin cannot malign me. Sin cannot take away my eternal life or gift. The devil can't do nothing but destroy my testimony if I let him. But he ain't going to go in there and defile Christ. He ain't going to break the seal. Amen. He can't break it. He can't defeat the devil or God. The devil, amen, is a defeated foe. He's wasting his time and effort. You know what he's got to do? He's got to get in your head. Amen? Get in your head and get you to doubt and get you to give up and quit believing the truth. And the devil's got tons of preachers out there that's going to twist your brain and twist your mind and rob you of the confidence that you have in Christ in God. I am hid in Christ or with Christ in God. And I'm in Christ. He is sealed. That thing's sealed. Listen, some people talk about like cannon jars. Amen. I remember canning tomatoes and, and green beans and things like that. You boil that stuff and get it real hot and you put it in this jar and you set those jars on a, on a countertop over there and one by one you begin to hear them things seal. You hear them start popping. Amen. That seal, that sucked that lid down. Amen. And then when you take one of them jars and you open it up, you pop that lid, you can hear that thing pop. Amen. That means it's been sealed. It's been preserved. It's been protected. Amen. Well, if you want to like it onto a cannon jar, amen, and that seal, listen, there ain't nothing going to break that seal. Oh, amen. The only thing that can, uh, when, when people find out that that jar has been contaminated, it's because they had dirt on that seal, they had dirt on that lid, amen, and it wasn't properly sealed. And for me not to be properly sealed, it means that God fumbled somehow, and God messed up and allowed contamination to get in there, and God ain't going to do that. I've been cut loose by the operation of God. I've been saved by the operation of God. Amen. And I'm born again. I'm going to live forever. And there ain't nothing the devil can do to, to break that seal. Amen. You say, why? Because Jesus Christ is that seal. Right. Right? Look at what it says. Look at what it says in uh, Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians 2. We just covered this the other night a little bit. He says over there in verse 10, and ye are complete where? In him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. You understand? There's nothing the doctor did. Amen. He said, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein you're also risen with him through the faith of what? The operation of, the operation of God. Listen, a new verse in operation of God. The new birth ain't nothing that I do. It's not me keeping the commandments. It's not me keeping the Sabbath day. Amen. It's not me speaking in tongues. It's not me being water baptized. It is the operation of God. And that's upon a man's reception of the Lord Jesus Christ. When a man humbles himself and receives Christ as his Lord and his Savior, an operation comes in. The Holy Spirit of God takes the Word of God and cuts his spirit loose from his flesh. Amen. It's transaction. It's done by God. Right? The operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins. That's where I was when he found me. Amen. You know where I was at when he found me? I was in sin. I was in unbelief. I was dead. Right? And the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he what? Quickened. 
I mean, he made me alive together. How? With him. <laughs> Amen. Now we're welded together. Having forgiven you what? All. That means all, doesn't it? Past, present, future. Huh? Any sin that you could ever commit, ever would commit. He wrapped it up in one big bundle, paid the price for all sin, forgave you of all sin. What did he do with it? Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us. Amen. Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, doing what? Nailing it to his cross. You want to know where your sins went? He nailed it to the cross. When, when he got nailed, the thing that bothered you, amen, got nailed. Now, when it got Jesus Christ got nailed to the cross, how long did it take him to die? He's on the cross about six hours. But you know what? He's judicially declared dead. Oh, he was alive. You understand? He's been executed, been taken care of. You know what? When me and you got crucified spiritually in Christ, it's taken care of. The old man might be taking a little while to die, but I've been executed. It's declared dead. Where am I crucified? With Christ. You understand? God looks back at Calvary and says, Cliff's taken care of. He's crucified. <laughs> See, you got to pay for that sin. Oh, you did. Calvary. Amen. I'm with Christ. We're one. I'm in his death. I'm in his burial. I'm in his resurrection. I'm in his baptism. I'm in his circumcision. I'm in his holy life and living. I'm seated with him in heavenly places right now as he's making intercession. My advocate, listen, when he comes back, I'm going to be with him. We're one. Bone of his bone. Flesh is flesh. I'm with Christ. I am welded together with him. He said, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. I just believe what the book says. Amen. I am welded. Bone of his bone. Flesh is flesh. I've been welded. I'm one with Christ. You gonna take you gonna take away my oneness? There ain't nothing I can do to, to lose that oneness. Amen. Having forgiven me all, nailed it to his cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Praise be unto God. Let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5. Listen, these, these people need to understand what happened. It's a transaction. An atonement was made. I'm at one minute with God. We went through this a little bit, but I want to show you something. Verse 17, 517. If by one man's offense, that's Adam's, death reigned by who? One, Adam. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of what? Righteousness shall reign in life by one. How? Jesus Christ. I'm going to reign because of Jesus Christ, not because of how Cliff lived. You understand? He, he, he afforded me the reign, the opportunity. Watch this, verse 18. Therefore, it's by one man, uh, the offense of one, judgment came upon all, men to condemnation. Even so, the righteousness of one, the what? Righteousness is a free gift. That means there's no obligations to it. Hello? Came upon all men unto justification. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made what? Sinners. So by the obedience of one, shall many be made what? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, I've been made the righteousness of God. It's something he made me. 
<clears throat> Amen. It's not something he's making me. It's something he made me. Amen. That's what I am right now. You can't see it. <laughs> Amen. All you see is the old man. But you ain't looking at the inner man. And I got a new man living in on side of me. Amen. Romans 5. Verse 9. Much more than being now what? Justified how? By his blood. We shall be what? Saved from what? Wrath. You want eternal security? Right there is eternal security. I've been now. Right now. <laughs> January 12, 1980, I was made now justified. Amen. How I was justified? By his blood. Amen. Because of that, I'm saved from what? Wrath. Hello? Do you know what Revelation 6 is? Revelation 14, 15, and 16 all deal with the wrath of God. Revelation 6, the wrath of the Lamb. Revelation 12, the wrath of Satan. Anybody know what Nahum 1-2 says? Well, you guys ought to know this. Nahum 1-2. I've not quoted it a hundred times. He reserveth his wrath for his enemies. What verse says he reserves his wrath for his enemies? Nahum 1-2. Right? Nahum 1-2. He reserves his wrath for who? His enemies. Amen. Well, i tell you what. we got to understand that. All these people want to say he's reserving his wrath for his children. They say, well, if one of his children get up and slip up and they foul up and they, they sin, that they'll lose it. Then they become his enemy. Oh, they're crippled two eyes crutches. They just don't believe what they're reading. Stay tuned for Sunday morning's message. You'll find out about some stuff about that. Verse 10, for if when we were, past tense, enemies, we what? Were, past tense, reconciled to how? To God. By how? By you keeping us every day and making it holy. By you not taking God's name in vain. By you honoring your mother and your father. By you keeping the golden rule. No. Amen. I'm reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled how? I'll be saved by what? I'm saved by his life, not my life. I'm, a saved, I'm saved by what he did, not what I do. Amen. I am saved by his life. It's not Cliff's holy living. It's not Cliff's prayer life. It's not his fasting. It's not his tithing. It's not his giving. It's not his soul winning. It's not his praying. It's not his baptism. What mode of baptism he had, whether it was in Jesus' name or the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, it does not matter. That's not what saves me. What saves a man is what he does with Jesus Christ and the payment that he paid. Will he humbly turn to God and admit that he don't deserve eternal life and humbly receive the payment that God paid through Jesus Christ? If a man rejects that payment, and chooses to add or subtract from that payment, he will spend eternity in hell because he's done despite to the grace of God. <clears throat> Amen. I'm saved by his life. Boy, you want to you get a hold of something? That, man, that verse right there, I am saved by his life. Not my life. It's his life. Now watch this. Not only so, but we also join God through what? Our Lord Jesus Christ by whom... We might one day, no, by whom we have now received 
the atonement. At one minute. See that? Atonement. The atonement's the payment. The, the atonement is what God paid for my redemption. And now that I'm redeemed, I am cleared of all charges. <laughs> the Old Testament, they were never cleared. I am cleared. Amen. God looks at my record. It's void of offense. It's whiter than snow. It's been gone. It's, it's been dealt with. He, I dealt with the issue January 12, 1980. The issue's been settled. We settled out of court. <laughs> Amen. You say, what are you making a big stink about? Because 99% of all Christendom sit back and tell me I have something to do with my salvation and I have something to do with putting myself in or out of heaven. And ain't got nothing to do with it. It's all Jesus. Amen. And he came to me and he said, boy, will you receive me? I said, yes, and I did. At that point, I got born into the family of God. I'm his son. Now are we the sons of God? Boy, isn't that good? I think I can shout there for a while, don't you? <laughs> I think that's something worth getting happy about. Right now, I am saved. Right now. Amen. John 6. John 6. These guys got ways of twisting all the verses. John 6, 37. Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall what? Come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will no wise what? Cast out. Amen? And uh, the Calvinists would say, well, the Father doesn't give the non-elect to Jesus. Ah, uh, go smoke a joint. Amen? Hello? You said, why would you say that? They're already hired. They might as well just keep doing it. Amen? Listen, they're, they're, they're brain dead. Hello? Jesus said, all that come to me, him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. You know what you got to do? You got to come to Jesus. And if you'll come to him, he'll know why he's cast you out. You want a good verse for a Calvinist? Turn to John chapter 5. Throw this in a Calvinist's face. He can't take it. Amen? You say, why? Because his doctrine is flawed. He's got to ignore the truth to believe what he believes. He's got to take the direct revelation of God and throw it away. Jesus said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify me. Verse 40. And ye will not come to me that you might have life. You see that? Ye will not what? What's, what, what's, what's that third word there? Ye will not. Amen? It means it didn't say they can't. It says they won't. They will not. It's of the will. Yea, they that will live godly. See, it's got something to do with the will. 2 Timothy 3, 12. Yea, that they that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's the desire of the will. They that will be rich. It's the desire of the will. People that have a desire of the will to be rich, they fall into temptation and a snare. Listen, you have a will. God gave you free will. 
Amen. Man is totally depraved except for his will. A man can choose sin or not sin. A man can choose Christ or not Christ. A man can choose his maid or not his maid. God didn't force you to marry anybody or do anything contrary to your will. Listen, they all say, well, you're a glory seeker. You're proud. You're lifted up thinking that you can come to Christ under your own power. I didn't come to Christ under my own power. He came to me and called me. And he gave me an opportunity to respond. And I said, yes. Amen. I was in a horrible pit, miry clay. I was depraved. I was in my own sin. Amen. I was in a ditch, crying out to God. I said, God, help me. He came. Amen. He gave me the opportunity and I responded. Amen. He gave me the power. Ephesians 2. These guys want to make it so hard. I believe in old time repentance. I don't believe repentance is where I clean up my own life and make myself worthy of eternal life. I, I, I think repentance is, is coming to God. God comes to you and calls to you and you turn to him. When you turn to him, you respond to the call. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are you what? Saved through what? Faith. And that what? It is the what? Gift of God. Not of worse as any man should boast. You know what faith is? Faith is a gift. <clears throat> Let's go to Romans chapter 10. I know people don't read the Bible because if they read it and they read it under the leadership of the Holy Ghost they wouldn't have these problems. This is a two-edged sword. <laughs> this book will damn people or it'll save people. Verse 8. For what saith it? The word is what? Nigh thee. That means it's close. Real close. Even where? In thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. You know what God did? He stuck the word of faith in your mouth. He stuck the word of faith in your heart. And he's given you the opportunity to exercise that faith. It's a gift of God. But he gives you the power to exercise it. Will you or will you not exercise it? It's the question. <laughs> Amen. It's something to do with the will. He doesn't regenerate you and make you get saved. It's a choice. God gave people... What's Joshua 24, 15 say? It's a famous verse. It's all over the place. It should be on your front door. 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve. They got a choice. Choosing who you'll choose. Listen, he said, he told them in Deuteronomy, choose life or choose death. They have a choice. You have a choice to choose life or choose death. <clears throat> you know what he says in Proverbs 1 over there? They did not choose the fear of the Lord. It's a choice. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Listen, God will present you with the fear of God. Amen. You have a choice whether you'll respond to it or reject it. You have a choice. Sinners have a choice. Look at what he said in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 6. St. Corinthians 6, verse 1. 
We then as workers who gather with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Amen? How do you receive the grace of God in vain? If Listen, a, car, a, a Calvinist, how's he handling that verse? How can you receive the grace of God in vain? Well, you think you can be saved. They're nutty. They're, they're crazy. Amen? The way you receive the grace of God in vain is with your head versus your heart. But if something you do, you receive the grace of God. It's a choice. Look at what he says. For he saith, I have heard of thee, and accept the time and the day of salvation, and, not, and have I succored thee. Behold, now is what? They accept the time. Behold, now is what? The day of salvation. The thing is, today's now, right now is the, the time of salvation. Right now. Amen. Now is the accepted time. Amen. You know what men got to do? They got to accept him. You know how they go to hell? They refuse to accept him. Now's the accepted time. Since you're in Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not? That the unrighteous shall not what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall what? Inherit what? Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is something you don't inherit. <laughs> Amen. Can I, can I give you a couple things right there in this passage real quick? The kingdom of God is something you do not inherit. What did John say in John 3, 3? Except to be born again, you cannot what? See the kingdom of God. And then he said in verse 5, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. It's something you must be born into, nothing you inherit. Nobody can will you Get it? Nobody can will you the kingdom. You must receive it. You must be born again. It's presented to you. Will you receive it? There's nothing you will. Listen, nobody can will it to you. Listen, I can will my son my house. Right? Listen, he can inherit my house. My son and daughter can inherit my house, my truck, my car. They can inherit everything I own. But eternal life is not inherited. The kingdom of God is not inherited. It's something you are born into by the new birth. Amen. Something else about this passage, let's look at it. Know you not that who? Verse 9. The unrighteous. Who is that? That's a person, right? Be not deceived, neither who? Fornicators. What is a fornicator? Somebody who fornicates. A person who commits fornication, right? So this is a person, a fornicator. An idolater is a what? Huh? An idol worshiper, right? That's a person. An adulterer. An adulterer is a person that commits sex. A cheats on a partner. It's a person. Nor effeminate. You know what that is? That's a man with effeminate qualities. If he wants to take the place of a woman and become somebody's wife, he's effeminate. You understand? Abusers of that with mankind. 
That could be bestiality. That could be sodomy. That could be uh, incest. That could be all kinds of corrupt things. Nor who? Thieves. That's a person. Nor covetous. Nor drunkards. Nor revilers. Nor extortioners. Everyone in that list is a person. There ain't one act in there. See, the way people want to read that today, here's how they do it. They'll say this, Know you not? People that commit unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither people who fornicate, neither people uh, 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 that commit uh, idolatry or somebody that commits adultery. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between the act the person commits versus the person. These are persons. You know what I am? I was a liar. I was a cheater. I was a fornicator. I was a drunkard. I was a doper. I was a sorcerer before I ever got saved. Now I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. And if I lie today, I'd be a Christian who committed lying versus a liar. I'm no longer a liar. I am a Christian. Yes, I am a sinner, but really and technically I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a son of God. I'm a saint. You understand? You've got to understand your position versus your condition. My position is I am a child of God. My position is I am a son of God. My position is I am a saint. My, before I was saved, I was a sinner. I was a drunkard. I was an idolater. I was a fornicator. You understand what I'm saying? you got to separate the act from the individual. Right? If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Our nature. <laughs> Versus sins. Things that we commit. I sin because I am a sinner. You understand what I'm saying? So, a person that commits murder is a murderer. So you've got to understand there's a difference between the act that one commits versus the individual that he is. But he does do what he does because of what he is. Right? So what I'm saying is, if you understand these are people, this is a classification of individuals. Not a list of sins they commit. you got to understand what you're reading here. Now watch what it says. Verse 11. Such what? Were. Do you see that? Past tense. He said you used to be a drunkard. You used to be a murderer. You used to be a feminine. You used to be a thief. Such were. Past tense. He's saying you're no longer one of them. But a man in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. He commits fornication with his Stepmom. He's a saved man that committed fornication that was given over to the devil for destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved. God said, I'm going to judge that. My children shouldn't participate in that. And I'm going to deliver them over to Satan. God will destroy their flesh. Satan will destroy their flesh. That they learn not to blaspheme. You understand what I'm saying? That was a Christian who committed fornication versus... A fornicator. You got to understand it's, it's who's committing the sin. I am no longer attached to my sin. I've been cut free. My flesh. I'm free. You understand? I'm not stuck to my sin anymore. I've been set free. I've been circumcised spiritually. Such were some of you, but ye are what? <laughs> that present tense? You are in the process of being bathed. No. You're in a shower right now. <laughs> I, I am washed. Ye are what? 
sanctified. Ye are justified how? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. There's a difference between acts which a Christian commits and the acts which a sinner commits. The saint is no longer stuck to that sin. He's not one with that sin. But a sinner is stuck to his flesh. He is, he is his sin. Big difference. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter number 3. I know people's people right now they're cussing at the TV and radio and they're 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 out of control, but they just don't believe what they read. First John chapter three, verse nine. Whatsoever or whosoever is what? Born of God doth what? Not commit sin. Because his seed, God's seed, remaineth where? In him. He cannot sin because he's what? Born of God. The man on the inside cannot sin. Why? Because he's born of God. His seed remains in me. There's a spiritual circumstance. There's an operation that took place. Amen? That's why I don't understand how some people claim to get saved and they keep going back to it, going back to it, and they never seem to have a fight or a battle or a conscience that is wrong. <laughs> Listen, anybody that, that's saved and born again may be able to commit unrighteous acts but they will be grieved by the Holy Spirit of God. And if they don't repent of that thing and confess that thing, they will be chastened by the hand of God. And if they won't respond to chastening, then God will kill them. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12, What son is he whom the father chasteneth not? If you be without chastisement, he said, Whereof all are partakers. That's talking about his children. Every one of his children run through the woodshed. God will deal with you about your sin and what you say, how you live, where you act, where you frequent, where you go, what you think. You can't get by and sin. If you're a child of God, God ain't going to allow you to go walk and wade in the mire of this world. He pulled you out of it. If you be without chastisement, you're a bastard. According to the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 12. What's that mean? It means you're not one of His children. You're a fake. There's nothing legitimate, legal about your relationship. Hello. Amen. Let's go to verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called what? The sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, what? Now, right now, are we the sons of God? This very present moment. I'm not working at it. I am a child of God. I am his son. I was born into his family. Amen. I will be chastened for the wrongs that I do. The way I behave. But it has nothing to do with sonship. It has everything to do with fellowship. I am his son. I have a relationship with God the Father. If you're a child of God, you are his son. And his son is not going to take his name and drag it into the mud without him dealing with it. And these people that come down and pray a little tiny prayer and walk out this door and go on as though they've never met Jesus Christ, it's true, they probably never met him. They went through some kind of motion, but if they ever become God's child, God will not allow them to travel in that way very long without dealing with it. Amen. Listen, I believe God will tattoo you. <laughs> 
I believe you put an honor on you. Amen. Amen. People better be careful. Amen. I better quit. I'm running out of time. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good, so kind to us. Just ask you to bless this day. Thank you for the word of God in Jesus' name.